This is a Catholic Concern for Animals podcast. Readings from the Ark, Spring 2022. Officers' Comments. Editorial, Dr. Gerald Taylor. I am delighted to present another packed and exciting edition of the Ark, the second I have been responsible for as editor. To begin with, our chair, Professor Mancini, provides a considered comment on Pope Francis's recent remarks on parenthood and animal companionship. For my own part, I could not agree more that some individuals regard their companion animals as lifestyle accessories, rather than as individuals which should be supported to flourish in their own right. But this is far from true of all people who engage with animals. For proof, I would refer you to the articles in our Phyllis Mary Trust section, which in every edition demonstrate the self-sacrifice of individuals engaged in the protection and nourishment of animals. It might also be asked whether some parents do not attempt to live their lives through their children, rather than supporting children to live their own. Greater support and care from society as a whole to vulnerable children and to vulnerable animals might assist us to correct these wrongs, but we should call things what they are and avoid making distinctions which criticise the sacrifice and courage we seek to celebrate. For his part, our Chief Executive launches a new CCA campaign to end bull torture in Catholic countries, which you can find more about later in this issue, and on the CCA website. Beyond this, we include Professor David Clough's lecture to the CCA AGM on domination, the first part of a review of a conference which our Chief Executive attended, the first part of a two-part essay by John Berkman on animal suffering, and an article on New Forest Road tragedies, alongside all of our usual favourites, plus advertisements for the 2022 CCA retreat. I hope you enjoy reading and considering all of these diverse and interesting contributions. Don't forget, if there is anything here you wish to comment on, then please either write me a letter or consider providing an article for the next edition due in May. Any contributions or comments can be sent directly to me at gerald at the arc at grtplusnet.plus.com. That's gerald at the arc at grtplusnet.plus.com. In the meantime, I wish you all a very healthy, peaceful and constructive New Year. Let us hope and pray that 2022 proves a better year for all of creation, and above all, that finally awakens to and addresses the damage we continue to do to the world of which we are a part. Welcome by Professor Clara Mancini, Catholic Concern for Animal Chair. For many Catholics who love animals, 2022 started in an unexpected way as we were taken aback by the remarks Pope Francis made on the 5th of January during his catechesis on St. Joseph, when he stated that choosing not to have children and having cats and dogs instead, or to have only one child and multiple cats and dogs, is selfish and a denial of parenthood that diminishes us and takes away our humanity. He added that those who do not develop a sense of fatherhood or motherhood are lacking something important. In response to these comments, CCA issued a statement expressing its concern that such remarks could discourage people from caring for animals, 
as well as its support for those who dedicate their lives to helping animals in need and open their homes to them. I am proud of the fact that CCA stood up for animals, as we always do. At the same time, I think Pope Francis' statement warrants further reflection. Writing in the tablet, the International Catholic News Weekly paper, Christopher Lamb admitted that Pope Francis might have worded the statement in a more judicious manner, but defended the message behind the words, arguing that it questioned a lifestyle of consumerist materialism that leaves no space for the sacrifice required in raising children. As with many other aspects of life, animal guardianship may indeed reflect a lifestyle of consumeristic materialism, as exemplified by the commerce of fancy dog breeds, whose purpose is merely to satisfy anthropocentric requirements. The first victims of such consumerist materialism are the animals themselves, often bred, traded and kept like mere commodities, condemned to a life of deprivation that denies them the dignity of their species and the expression of their individuality. However, for many humans, animal guardianship is chosen out of love, grounded in the recognition of animals' intrinsic value and dignity. Those who choose animal guardianship on these grounds usually adopt from rescue organisations, which often pick up the pieces of a society that is quick to discard animals who do not satisfy anthropocentric requirements, particularly in the case of rescued animals who have often suffered abuse and neglect at the hand of humans. Anyone who believes that caring for them does not require sacrifice is under serious misapprehension. As the guardian of a 12-year-old rescue dog with dementia, I know firsthand that loving and caring for an animal may require significant sacrifice and constant work to renew our commitment to them each day. This is not to say that the sacrifice involved in caring for an animal is greater or equal to that involved in raising a child, but it is to stress that a sacrifice is indeed involved, as required by all caring relationships. As Lamb reminds us, Cardinal Bergoglio once lamented that in developed countries people spend a lot of money on their animals, while in underdeveloped countries children die of hunger. In this regard, the question we perhaps ought to ask ourselves is why, in developed countries, some humans and animals alike live in utter luxury, while in underdeveloped countries many humans and animals alike do not even have the means to survive. Furthermore, we ought to consider that in many developed countries, those who have children receive significant child support from the state, including various financial benefits, free education and health care. On the other hand, animal guardians receive no such support, and even when they adopt from shelters, they incur significant financial costs just to cover their animals' basic needs, such as the food, typically derived from produce remnants humans do not want to consume and the veterinary care that they are legally required to provide. Financial costs aside, caring for an animal with complex needs also costs time, work and dedication, which many guardians commit to through thick and thin. Many even pay the ultimate price for their commitment to the animal in their care. This was the case for Angela Glover, co-founder of Tonga Animal Welfare Society, who was recently swept away by a wave as she was trying to save her shelter dogs from the tsunami that hit the island following an underwater volcanic eruption. Arguably, there is no better example of how selfless animal guardianship can be. Indeed, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends.
John 15.13. Just as animal guardianship is not necessarily an expression of consumerist materialism and can instead demonstrate selfless love for the other, even to the ultimate sacrifice, conversely, the choice of human parenthood is not necessarily an entirely selfless one. In his remarks, Pope Francis reminds us that, as one humorously said, and now who will pay the taxes for my pension, that, a, that there are no children? Who will take care of me? He laughed, but it's the truth. Those who live in the world and get married must think about having children, because they will be the ones who will close their eyes, who will think about their future. Nevertheless, many who choose to have children are certainly motivated by selfless love, and will do all they can to ensure that their children can thrive. But tragically, far too many children are the victims of maternal or paternal abuse and neglect. For example, in the UK, the ongoing pandemic has highlighted how rife domestic abuse is, and it is well known that both children and animals are especially vulnerable targets to such cruelty, suffering alone in compassionless prisons, their cries unheard beyond walls of indifference. Thus, rather than being dichotomous, the love for children the love for animals both require the capacity of the human heart to care for those who are most vulnerable and utterly at our mercy, and who depend on us to live and thrive. Lamb stresses that Pope Francis' remarks aim to question why birth rates are so low and what might be done to change things. In this regard, we ought to consider the overall human population is continuing to rise and that humans, particularly those from the developed world, where birth rates are lowest, are causing the mass extinction of thousands of other species. Extinction is not a painless process. It involves the immense suffering of unimaginable numbers of sentient beings who starve to death, succumb to disease, or are deliberately expropriated or exterminated by humans. Thus, perhaps, we ought to ponder the damage that the growth of humanity has caused to our planet and to countless non-human individuals, as much as we ponder the repercussions that the slowing of such growth might have. Indeed, based on these considerations, many choose not to generate children and consider adopting them instead. Pope Francis himself stated that adoption is amongst the highest forms of love and fatherhood and motherhood. And indeed, it is hard to imagine a higher form of love in taking care of a child who is not one's own. He stressed, how many children in the world are waiting for someone to take care of them? Likewise, countless animals wait for someone to care for them, who find themselves in desperate need because of humans' recklessness. Choosing to care for them may not be as challenging and as rewarding as caring for a child, but it is not valueless. Of course, companion animals are not more important than children but they are not objects of consumerist materialism either. The love given to them is not wasted. They are not less worthy of love. Pope Francis exhorted us to be open to life, but is that of animals not also life? For sure, those who choose to share their life with animals instead of sharing it with children are missing something important, the experience of human parenthood and all that it can bring. But equally, those who choose to share their life with children instead of sharing it with animals are missing something important. The experience of animal guardianship 
and all that it can teach us about love and compassion for those who are other from us. When we choose to care for animals, we know that they will never be able to take care of us in our old age, as children might do, and we distin ourselves for their excruciating pain of their eventual passing, which children's parents hope never to experience. Arguably, though, I believe this is precisely why animal guardianship cannot be dismissed as a selfish choice and why it elevates rather than take away our humanity. References Christopher Lamb, 2022 Analysis The Pope Against Pets The Tablet 6th Jan, 2022 Ruth Gledhill, 2022 Childless Society Gone to the Dogs Warns Pope The Tablet 5th January, 2022 News from the Chief Executive, Chris Fegan Welcome to the first arc of 2022, which promises to be another challenging year for all of God's creatures, both human and non-human, as the COVID-19 pandemic continues to be with us wherever we live in the world. The effect on the non-human creation of the pandemic has often tended to be overlooked during the last two years or so, but this was brought into sharp focus recently when it was announced that China was planning to cull thousands of hamsters and other small mammals in Hong Kong, after a handful of animals were alleged to have tested positive for the Delta variant in pet shops in the area. This massive overreaction and lack of empathy for the innocent animals involved during the COVID-19 outbreak since 2019 and has not been exclusive to China, and one is immediately reminded of the appalling and totally unforgivable culling of millions of mink in Denmark at the end of 2020. Mindless culls of innocent creatures is not a good way to start the new year. Of course, the pandemic is not the only natural disaster that the world will face in 2022, and we have already had the huge volcanic eruption in the Pacific Ocean near the island of Tonga, and which was so violent that NASA has said it was hundreds of times more powerful than the atomic bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima in Japan in 1945. This terrible disaster also robbed us of a friend and fellow worker for animal welfare, Angela Glover. This once again demonstrates the forces of nature that are beyond human control. Tonga is also one of the areas of the world most severely under threat by the ongoing climate emergency. CCA has responded to aid the animals of the region in whatever way we can by making an emergency Phyllis Mary Trust grant to the Tonga Animal Welfare Society. As you also know from the last two years, CCA has not been immune to this awful health crisis ourselves, and our work has been severely affected. I expect that will continue to be the case, and at the time of writing we are still waiting to hear if the United Nations Conference on the Environment, UNEA 5.2, which we were planning to attend, will go ahead in Nairobi, Kenya at the end of February. I will keep you informed as things develop but this is an early indication that CCA activity planning will continue to be difficult over the next 12 months. However, already CCA has had a very busy and controversial start to 2022, as you will see from the Chair's report in this edition. This issue is one that CCA cannot ignore, and we will be taking up our concerns directly and urgently with the Vatican, as Clara outlines. On a more positive note, I am delighted to inform you that CCA 
will be launching a major new educational campaign in 2022, which will be called CCA Campaign to End Bullfighting in Catholic Countries. This campaign will involve working in all those countries we identify as complicit in this appalling spectacle to educate on the barbarity of the bullfight. We will work with all interested groups and individuals to try and bring an end to this abhorrent activity, and we are launching the campaign by publishing a revised version of Barbara Gardner's article, End Ball Torture Now, from the Spring 2019 ARC, and which you can read later in this edition of the ARC. I will be reporting regularly on how this educational campaign is proceeding in the months and indeed years ahead, as I have to be honest and admit that this is a massive undertaking that will not be a success overnight, but will require a lot of continued work and dedication over a considerable period of time. Indeed, it will also require a large amount of CCA resources, including financial resources. And if you would wish to support this project, I would ask that you consider making a donation for this campaign via the CCA website. We are also focusing in 2022 on the subject of wolves, which are another species that get hugely unfair and cruel treatment from humans. I am pleased that a new pressure group, which has been called the Wolf Pack, has been formed across Europe under the auspices of Eurogroup for Animals, with CCA as a founder member. This new grouping has recently had its inaugural meeting online, which I attended, and we are putting together an action plan for 2022. More next time. As you can see, we are less than one month into the new year, but the CCA agenda is already full, and I expect that we will continue to be very busy advocating for and protecting the non-human creation as the year progresses, despite the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Best wishes, Chris. That was a Catholic Concern for Animals podcast. A reading from the Spring 2022 issue of the ARC with the officers' comments. Thank you.